Angele de Boja Kalata Parakatina Kelina Mamosataya. Thank you, Lord, for your word and thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon the house. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Are we excited this morning? Glory. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say our usual confession. I believe the word of God. It is final authority in my life. In spite of my circumstances, in spite of my situations, I believe the word of God. I am what God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. I receive revelation. I receive understanding. And I declare today that by the word of God, as I receive the word, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Are we excited this morning? Glory to God. It's been an explosive week, hasn't it been? Oh my goodness, it's been an explosive week of learning and growing and being equipped to walk in the light of God's word. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, brothers and sisters online. We're so glad to have all of you connected to the service, guys. It's going to be an exciting study. Help us share the videos, put the messages on all the platforms. Let's get the word around the world. We also want to welcome the radio audience in Akwaibom. We're so glad to have all of you connected to the service. Call a friend, call a family member, call somebody you love, ask them to tune to this service right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves All our campuses around the world What a joy to have all of you connected to the service this morning Guys, it's going to be an exciting adventure As we study Christ this morning Are we excited? Well, it's been an exciting week This whole week we have had You know, Pastor Chris Onoinka and his team All the way from Lagos I mean, they've been they've, they, they, they've spent the whole week feeding us and just ministering to us, and we honor your labor. We honor you, and we honor what Christ is doing with Saints Community Church. Thank you for what you do for all of us. And, uh, you know, like I was saying the other day, our relationship is bringing so much profit to the body of Christ, and I treasure that relationship. I treasure who you are and what we share together. Amen. We're glad to have you here. Are we excited to have them here this week? Praise God. All right, Pastor Chris is going to be ministering to us this morning, this morning. So with Jesus' joy, let's receive to the microphone, Pastor Chris on Nyinka. Praise God. Amen. Lift your hands and just bless Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. And adore. So we lift up holy hands in one accord, singing, Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Take it again. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's worthy. He is worthy to be praised and adored. So we lift up holy hands in one accord. Sing. 
opportunity and privilege. Like I said uh, two days ago, it takes a lot of trust and commitment to relationship to have a guest minister speak in your church a whole week. That's a whole lot of sacrifice and devotion and trustworthiness. I want to please appreciate you, sir, for always being like that. You are one of such great gifts in my life, in our church, that we will never, ever take for granted. And the entire Power City Church, please help me appreciate him one more time. And I want to also thank all the pastors who have been with us throughout the week, all the district pastors, owner pastors, different leaders. We, we've been together early in the morning when you saw me struggling with sleep. Amen. And I'm sure you were praying for me. <laughs> thank you all. I appreciate the pastors and leaders for us too. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's have a seat and quick one. Amen. Matthew's Gospel 28. What next after salvation? Praise the Lord. What next after salvation? What does salvation produce? You know, many times the, what, what's on our minds after salvation is to go to heaven. But if going to heaven is the reason for salvation, of course, when we talk about heaven, we refer to where people go to when they die. Let's, let's assume that's what it means just for the sake of this morning. Now, um, you know, if, you're, if, if, if it's about going to heaven, your Bible will not be this big. Just two pages. You have sinned, believe, and get out. 
But the Bible has more than that. Such that, you know, we do have things to do. Things to be done. So in Matthew 28, we're going to come back to it in a moment. It says in verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority, which is the word power, is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Now, we, we would definitely um, begin to ask, okay, when did the disciples get born again? Now, usually there are two schools of thought. There's a school of thought that says on the day of Pentecost, and uh, that's Acts 2. One to four. On the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound, verse two, from heaven as rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were seated. Verse three says, and they appeared to them, cloven tongues like a fire sat upon each of them. And verse four says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there's a, that's a school of thought. And I, at some point, I did look at that and then and consider that. And why? Because of the promise of the Spirit, Acts one eight, you shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall um, Witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the almost part of the earth. Of course, Acts 1.5 um, said you shall, uh, you shall baptize with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Then in Luke 24.49, it says, um, Behold, I send the my Father upon you, uh, but I in the city of Jerusalem, so you will be a new power from my eyes. So that's an assumption that that statement uh, is the fulfillment of John 14. John 14, 16. I pray the Father, and he will uh, give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth from the world cannot receive him, because he had him not. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Now, usually, that's uh, like the same thing, because the giving of the spirit will be associated with the new birth. John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, John 3, 5, except a man is born of water, and that is the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Mother, not that I say to you, you must be born again. Verse 8, the wind blew where it listed. You hear the sound. You can't tell where it's coming from. For where it's going to, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. So there's an assumption in there that, okay, because it talked about the spirit there. And so the spirit was now given in the book of Acts, Acts 2, that that's the new birth. But in further study, and which, you know, very key, we saw that in Luke 24, and verse 25, when he, upon his resurrection, because um, the new birth is a product of the resurrection. Let's uh, assume on that quickly. So he says that uh, whole fools and slow of heart uh, to believe all the prophets have spoken. Verse 26, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then to, uh, 27 says, begin at Moses and all the prophets. He expounds them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, a key word there is that in verse 31, uh, of course, he met just two folks. One of them was Cleopas, the other one, presumably his wife. So when he had the conversation, he says, and their eyes were opened as he broke bread. Verse 31. Their eyes were opened, then he vanished out of their sight. Now, the word open there is the Greek word danogil, which is, implies for something that had been closed to be open. It's not, that, it's not a gradual opening. It's a sweet wide open, which means initially they didn't see it, now they saw it. Now, 32, now when he vanished out of the side, 32 now says, Did our heart not burn within us while he opened to us the scriptures? So now in Bible study, when you see a word repeated, pay attention to that word. 31, opened. 32, opened. 
Now, in 44, again, of course, when he appeared to them, he showed them his body, they touched his body and all that, he had food with them. Then in 45, 44, he says, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the Lord Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. Then, look at 45. Then he again, what? Open. So, the word opened is an important word there. He opened ye their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures now if you go further in the book of uh, acts because we, we assume from history that luke wrote both the book of luke and the book of acts so in the book of acts luke writes uh, acts 7 55 and 56 that the heavens opened and then you had stephen saw the son of man or the son of god at the right and over the same word is used open revelation so you also have Acts 17, verse 2 and 3, where he says Paul was opening the scriptures, alleging that Jesus was Christ. So which means open is revelation. Now, so if open, diagnogio, is used for revelation by Luke when it comes to the encounter with the scriptures, it therefore means there was an encounter that the twelve had in the four gospels of course uh, uh, from that point we can also say reliably that in luke 24 and verse 51 and 52 actually when it says and they returned back to jerusalem with great joy that something happened to them in the resurrection and, you know and, and so so therefore we, we could definitely pitch our tent without doubt that within the 40 days Right, there was a receiving of the spirit because you couldn't have their eyes couldn't have been opened without the work of the spirit. Because Jesus told them in John 14 and 26, it says, When 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 he is come, the comforter is come, he said, He will bring to your remembrance the things that I had said to you. So in John 16, 12, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all of truth. Uh, so that means upon the resurrection of Jesus, when he came, because the giving of the spirit will be upon his resurrection. John 14 and, and, and 20, he says, uh, uh, in that day you know I am in my father, I am in you and you are in me. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, John 14, 18. So if that is it, it means therefore that in the resurrection, the spirit was made available. In John 20 and 21, when he came back to them and he said, uh, Peace be unto you, as my father has sent me, so send I you. 20, then he breathed on and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whatever sins you remit, I remit unto them. Whatever sins that you retain, I retain to them. So, which means upon his resurrection, not on the day of Pentecost, they had an encounter with the Spirit. Which follow what I'm saying here? Just a background for one simple statement I wanted to make. So, the new birth can definitely be sufficient to happen within the 40 days. Good. So within the 40 days, he opened their understanding. And so within that same 40 days, he began to teach them and taught them, according to Luke, Luke in Acts 1, 2 and 3, says he taught them for 40 days. 40 days. Because that's symbolic in scripture. Uh, the law, John in the wilderness, Moses in the mountain. I don't go on and on. Jesus is fast, 40, 40 days. So you have... Uh, a, a reason, therefore, to say, okay, they received the gospel within the 40 days. Okay? So, upon receiving the gospel, believing the scriptures, their, their understanding was open. So, go back to Luke 24, 45 again. Then he opened it, they understand that they might understand the scriptures. Thus, it is written, 46, that Christ indeed must suffer and be raised from the dead the third day. And repentance, verse 47, a remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Notice the next statement should be preached. 
in his name amongst all nations. 47. The moment your eyes are opened, the next thing is to preach. 48. You are witnesses of these things. So, which means a valid encounter with Christ for salvation produces a mandate. So, if you do not know why you're saved, look at their experience. Okay? As soon as the, their eyes were opened to the scriptures, the next thing he does is that he gives them a mandate. So, the high point, if they ask you, what is the fruit of the Bible study he had with them? What is the fruit of the Bible study? What is the fruit of the 40 days of teaching? What's the fruit of it? The fruit of it is that he gave them an instruction. And like we have said in this conference, in case you missed it, we said that you don't grow by information. You know by information. You grow by instruction. There is no growth without activity. Did you hear that? Shall I repeat myself? There is no growth without activity. Now, assuming you are just eating um, food every day, lovely food, lovely diet, and you got food, morning, afternoon, evening, beautiful diet, well laid out meals, um, no sugary content, you know, those things that doctors uh, try to oppress us with every time. Don't take this one, don't take that one, don't take that one, don't take that one. And you take all of that, but after eating, you just lie down on the bed. And you say, ah, I've just been enjoying food. You just lie down. You took the food on the bed, you slept back, woke up, took the food. It will be assumed that you are sick. So every day you are just eating. No activity, no mental activity, no physical activity. Are you ever going to grow? No. Because the food is meant to supply energy. Energy that affects both your physical strength, your mental alertness, and everything comes together with food. So food is not just for consumption, it is meant to transform the person. It's meant to hate your activities. It's meant to promote certain things in your life. Let me show you follow what I'm saying here. So you can't grow just because you have information. Growth comes when you start to exercise yourself in that information. Second Timothy chapter 3 and 15. From a child that was known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Look at that. For correction. Now, definitely you know that. The major word in Second Timothy 3.16 is doctrine, didascalia, which means systematic teaching, theology, explanation. Fine. Then, you know, it's like if you he now breaks it up into three. He said the first thing is persuasion. What's, that's the word for reproof, persuasion, which is that you are convinced of something. Beautiful. But then he says 
correction. Correction. Then, you know, many of us prefer the persuasion part. Oh, hallelujah. So, really, my sins are forgiven. Excellent. Then he says, correction. Then he says, instruction in righteousness, which is actually one word instruction. It's a Greek word, padiae, P-A-I-D-I-E-A. What does it mean? It means to train up someone. So, which means the word of God is for training. Now, can you have training without activity? Huh? Imagine if you were to uh, train a football club and then you just bring out your laptop and then you say, so when the right back goes forward, you central midfielder, stay behind him. Say, yeah. Then he says, um, so uh, in case we have a, 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 a corner kick, uh, you, you, you um, let full back, you stay near the goalpost. You, the central midfielder, you should be beside the guy taking the... Sorry if you don't watch football. I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, I, you know where I'm going to, right? Thank you that you know me. You know I'm going somewhere. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you give all the instructions, you write everything out, then you say, all right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. No football, no pitch. <laughs> and you go to a bridge to play. It's going to come down. And just like the color of the club, they will see blue. Oh, come on, thank you. <laughs> so, because there's really nothing... <laughs> you, you go to the medical school and then they describe the human parts to you in biology textbooks, in anatomy textbook. They say, please, can we see a human body? Say, why? Just know. Just know. You can never become a doctor. So, without instruction and activity, you are not growing. You aren't growing. So, Upon receiving the message, upon believing the message, what does Jesus do? Pay attention here. Matthew 28 and 19. Go! Is that a suggestion? It's an instruction. Go! You know, anytime you read that verse, it could never be in the past tense. Go, go, go. You just came back, they read again. Go. It's like after 16 hours of prayer and you thought that you had achieved the feat and say, oh, more we prayed. Then you open your Bible, pray. So there is no instruction that is time bound. Go, go, go. Go. There is no instruction that says you have to go to Bible school before you go. Go. There's no instruction that says after six months in salvation, go. There's none. Because we just saw these guys were barely one month old in understanding the things that he taught them. 40 days. 
Within the 40 days, they'll have asked questions, they'll have had doubts. He said, go. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world. Go. 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 That's what he's telling them. Go. So, what next after salvation? Go. Into all the world. Go. That's the instruction. Go. So, watch what I'm about to say. It is not a suggestion. And I'm going to show you in a moment. It is neither one of the available options. You see, there are things, let me quickly say this because I'm in a hurry to say this. There are things that a church must not make into a department. One of them is evangelism. It is not one of the options. No. It's not an option. Now we can have music department. As you saw the beautiful choir sing, if they gave some of us a microphone, we think it's the voice of many waters. Some don't even know whether it's the key or the door. Just say, let's say, um, Jesus at the center of his heart. Jesus at the center of his heart. Why are you singing this in vernacular? You know, so it requires a talent. Right? Those who are handling the sound, they, are, they have talents now to do it. There are folks, for example, who, who handle the decorations of the hall. It's a talent. If some of us were to choose the colors, you would think um, we are into idol worship. Because we take, we just put brown plus green plus, say, what's going on here? I mean, who, who, who are you seeking to worship? You know, you know the, the printing of the books, editing of the material. These are skills. But you see, so we can create departments for that. Music, even security. There are some brethren that have such skills. There are some brethren, they walk in love towards thieves. They just say, hey, you didn't mean to steal it. Let me just pray for you. You just steal your phone as you're praying. So they don't, get, they don't have some skills. All right? So that's for skills. But you see, evangelism is not a skill. Nobody came with the skill of evangelism. It's an instruction. All the other skills I mentioned, can an unbeliever do them? Now, I love you guys, and I know you sing well, but you are well aware that we can put a set of Muslims here, and they'll sing those songs well. Thank you for loving me. So they'll sing it well. Very well. It's just that we're in church. I'll have told you some of my best musicians are not born again. Well, don't let me expose doctor. Sorry, sir. <laughs> because let me just open and confess my own sins. Like somebody rightly said, he said, if two of you commit sin, confess your own. <laughs> so I'm confessing mine. No, I won't, not from my mouth. So you, you, so you say, you know, you, 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 you cannot say, those, those skills can be, you know, we, we can get some unbelievers coming. In fact, sometimes when we want to get some services, just say, look, I know brethren can do this, but there's one guy. Uh-huh. Skill. So departments are usually for skill sets. 
Are you here? The only difference is that these folks are using it to the glory of God. They are not here to entertain. You hear? Right? They are here to bless. That's the difference. But watch this. When he comes to the commandment to preach, it is not a department. It becomes odd for you to have a department of evangelism. That means you are calling it an option. It is not an option. Same as prayer. Let's have a prayer department. As though there are believers that should not pray. The instruction to pray is for all saints. The instruction to pray. Romans 12, 12. All saints. It's for everybody. Ephesians 6, 18 and 19. It's for everybody. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Pray without ceasing. It's for everybody. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. Pray for us. It's for everybody. 1 Thessalonians 5, 25. It's for everybody. Pray for us. It's for everybody. Colossians 4, 2 and 3. It's for everybody. Everybody. So the instruction to pray is for all believers. So there is no option afterwards. Who's following what I'm saying here now? So there are two things. If you are not doing it in your church, you are living in sin. Evangelism. And prayer. Let me say it again. In case you didn't get what I said. What is sin? Sin means to transgress. To disobey God. If you're here right now and you're watching us. And you are not involved in these two critical activities in your church. You are living in sin. Okay, let me say it again. If you are not involved in these two activities of prayer and evangelism. In your local assembly. Or in the body of Christ totally. You are living in sin. Oh, what? I just got saved two weeks ago. No. There's no time limit. There's no one that Jesus tells that until you fully understand the message fully, you cannot preach. Then if that's the point, no one here should preach. It's nothing like that. So, after salvation, what next? Look at Matthew 4. Are you in church? This is Jesus. He meets up with a man called Peter. Now I'm just going to quickly give you a background. Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus walking in the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. Now Mark 1, quickly, just... Give you a background to that. Mark 1 has the same information. Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Sorry, verse 16. Same thing. For they were fishers. Luke 5, verse 1 and 2. Verse 2 says, And they saw two ships standing, by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing this because Peter was one of them. So he identifies the career, the, what they were doing for a living. So go back to Matthew 4. In Matthew 4, he says in verse 19, let's read it together. Let's go. And he said unto them, Let's go. Follow me, and I'll do what? Make you fishers of men. Now, is the follow me. An advice or an instruction. Excellent. So follow me 
and I will make you the president of Nigeria. I don't think you heard me. Follow me and I will make sure you excel above all your mates. Follow me and I'll make you the most handsome guy in the world. Follow me and I'll give you all the money you want. There's nothing that comes from Jesus like that. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's what he told them. I will make you fishers of men. That's what he told them. Two words are in there. The word anthropon used for men, men and women. Then the word alios, H-A-L-I-E-U, which means to catch, actually. I'll make you catch. Look for to catch. There is no fisher or fisherman, pardon me, that sits at the shore of a river and says, All right, fish, how are you today? Good morning, oh. Please show up. No, they go in to the river to catch fish. So Jesus gives them a purpose to live for. Now, look at Luke 5. Now, this is his encounter. Recorded scripture. This is his first encounter with them. So, you cannot have an encounter with Jesus without this mandate. If oh, I had this vision of Jesus, Jesus showed up in my room and he hugged me. When he hugged me, he did this and oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. I'll know whether you saw Jesus. I'm not saying people don't see Jesus. So you come up and tell us a testimony and say, you know, I met Jesus. Oh, oh, it's the brightest of 10,000 to my soul. I've seen Jesus. I have seen Jesus. He's so handsome than any man I know. Your husband is there. Some songs you watch how you sing it. I've seen Jesus. He lives in my heart. He's so handsome than any man. Say, wow. When I saw him, brethren, oh, oh, amen, amen. So, um, brother or sister, see how Jesus, um, so tomorrow we will go, um, down the city and to preach. Ah, oh, no, that's not my calling. You didn't see Jesus. See, so, so, so what happens? You know, when Jesus was crucified, they had other guys hanging on the cross. So sometimes people mistaking one of the thieves for Jesus. Because it's very likely that they were all looking alike. So maybe the person you saw was a thief on the right hand. Uh, you know, it's also, you could see the other one who entered the kingdom. Because uh, you'll find both of you in the kingdom, so you think he's also Jesus. But you did not see Jesus. If you see or you saw Jesus, we know what happens to men who see Jesus. In Luke 5.10, quickly, learning something? Luke 5.10. You can't see Jesus and the next thing on your heart is to be the, the, the billionaire. He doesn't give such desires. You don't like that part, right? <laughs> it doesn't give short desires. Short desires came with 
human desires. Someone say, I, did, I never knew I was going to become anything great in life till I came to this church. That's a background problem. You know, I understand. You could have a background problem. I never knew I could be great. Oh, when I came to this church, I never knew I could be great. That's a background problem. Because in normal training, you'll have been trained to be great, even by a Muslim father, even by an atheist father. Who doesn't expect his son or daughter to be forced in the class? Say, son, no matter your position, just go to school and come back. No. In fact, many of us, our parents lied to us that they were the best in the school. Now, you don't tell that kind of lie anymore. It's an outdated lie. All the fathers used to be best in their class. So one day I saw all my father's classmates felt, so if we were all the best in your class, who then was second best? Because that's an outdated lie. But why did they say those things? Maybe a holy lie. Is to inspire you to be great. They didn't have to be born again. So, you, you know, trying to be rich, we all, we all watch movies in those days, and then you wanted to do what the billionaires in the movies did. So, it had nothing to do with coming to church. If coming to church was the first time you heard that a man can be a billionaire, right? Number one, is the wrong message. Number two, you have a, an interesting background. Amen. So, that's not the kind of desires that Jesus gives. So, in Luke 5, are you in church? And verse 10. He says, Jesus said to them in the B part, Fear not. Let's take it together. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. You will catch men. The Greek actually is the word zogorio. Z-O-O. G-O-R-E-U-O. Okay? You will catch men alive. The same Greek word is in Second Timothy 2.26. You will catch men alive. You will catch them alive. So you are not destroying them. Amen? You are keeping men alive by the gospel. So the encounter a man will have with Jesus naturally will produce a thirst to reach lives. What next after salvation? It's the burden for souls. That's what next after salvation. A man, by knowing, you, you can know Jesus without wanting to do what is uppermost on his heart. So, after salvation comes that experience. A thirst. Look at John 4, quickly. A woman met with Jesus. You know, there was a conversation about where to worship, where not to worship. And they spoke about the mountain or no mountain. Now look at verse 25. Talked about worship, talked about the place of worship. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. 26. And Jesus said to her, I either speak unto thee, I am he. And upon the, of course, when the disciples came, they were marveled at the fact they spoke to him. Let's look at verse 28. Let's take 28 together. I'll wait for you. Let's go. The woman then left a water pot and went away to the city and said to the man, 29, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? 
Is not these the Christ? Let's say 30 together. Then they went out of the city and came to him. That encounter with the Christ naturally produces a compelling desire to tell others. Notice the word I used. Compelling. Now let me tell you what compelling is. Um, it's church, so I'm trying, I'll try to be as uh, modest as possible. But I've ever been compelled to we. You know, there's where you use the restroom at your own time. But have you ever been compelled to we? And you have to run. Almost everything you are doing, you lose concentration. You know, I'm a I'm a kind of guy that I could very choose it with food, you know. Um, it's a sinful nature, so you could just stick with it. And I didn't know that I got it from my dad, because my dad was like that. My dad will look at food. So I used to feel really, t- why, why is he doing that to food? I, I reproduced the same thing. So whenever people give me food, I get very choosy. I say, you know, look at this. And then, so oftentimes, my wife inclusive, they stay behind to look at what I'm going to say at my first taste. Now they know that immediately I take the first um, spoon and I take a bottle of Coke, game over. That means I don't like the food. Now, if also I go for the meat after my first taste, they know, oh my God, this guy's, I know he preaches grace, but he doesn't look like someone who's gracious. So that's, so everybody knows that. But you see, when I'm fasting, and yes, the hour has come, I don't check my taste buds first. I just eat. So sometimes they say, uh, Pastor, how's the food? I say, I'm hungry. Then afterwards I'll say, whether it was good. I'll have finished and say, the food was not really good. That means initially when I was tasting the food, I was not really hungry. When you are hungry, you just eat. There's a compelling desire. You know, so, you know someone say, well, I don't use restroom except I see the place is fully acid. <laughs> okay, let me expose one of my friends for you. This is on television and you're just going to take it. It's my, if you are my friend, I'm talking about you. Don't look at me at this point so no one knows I'm talking about you. Now, <laughs> there was this traffic... And Lagos Ibadan, I said, do not laugh. You're already laughing, my dear friend. And we were caught in the traffic, you know, a, a normal 30 minutes journey, and you have to use about six and a half hours. Imagine in the middle of that, you have to, you are pressed. And you say, except I get a toilet. My friend got out of the car at night. He escaped his driving. He left the car running, the engine running. I'm asking him not to look at me. Then he rose and he kept running. Till the body and the yoke were destroyed. (laughs) That's compelling. But when you say, I can't use that restroom, it's too... 
<laughs> it didn't ever catch you. <laughs> you will find bush. I was traveling one time to Benin and the thing was compelling. I said, emoji. Emoji. Man of God can't tarry. Emoji. <laughs> emoji just, <laughs> just lay aside somewhere. <laughs> ah! Emoji. <laughs> I went into the bush. <laughs> ah, and I came out and I felt really, oh God. This is no time for, um, you know, cleaning the toilet seat um, or <laughs> It's compelling. Are you here? So, let's find out whether this is that compelling. Or you choose when. He said, follow me. It's an instruction. I will make you fishers of men. He has. Jesus is not. You see, ensure that the Jesus you be. Some of us say, I, I, I like the message of Jesus. The reason why they say it is because they think Jesus is under their control. The message of Jesus has an obedience to it. Obedience is not legalism. Amen. Following instruction is not legalism. Is walking with God. Are you here? So you have this. So you know how compelling is this? How compelling? And we're getting to a time when people in the world, if they're not careful as a Christian, they think that everything is about you. Are you okay with it? Is it your truth? Are you fine with it? Is it what you want? You know a guy was telling me one time, he said, I do not believe in a universal God. You know, I said, what do you mean? He said, how can the whole world believe in one God? He said, no. We have, he said, we have 8 billion people. I let him finish. I said, do you believe in a universal son? How come every nation doesn't have his own son? S-U-N. What about moon and stars? We all have the same heaven. Uh, yeah. Or you think a plane will fly and get to the, the end of the heaven of Africa. Then it will come down. They start looking for the heaven of Europe. He said, well, I get the point. I said, so for people like you who think you are smart, God is making you look stupid. And I said, now it was a period of COVID. So I said, one single infection took the world by storm. Everybody surrendered. Everybody started talking about it. I said, it was COVID universal? He said, yes. Uh-huh. There's a lesson to that. Is sin universal? He now kept quiet. He said, don't be dumb. Right? Don't be dumb. Are you following what I'm saying here? We're getting to a time that people are assuming you can just decide. Someone say, well, for me, have you seen sometimes you, you teach the word of God? Someone say, well, I really don't think this is applicable now. And they will, they will say it so confidently. Christians, you tell them that church, and I say it, and I, and I don't care really how many people don't like it. I said, church, the, the concept of saying online church is grammatically nonsense. Is theologically rubbish because the word church means a physical gathering. That is what it means. 
It's not an option. How many people go to all these unbelievers that hate us? How many of them go to nightclub online? They don't go to they don't go to nightclub online. Have you seen the army? Many someone say, "Well, I'm a pilot, but I was trained online." You will jump down from the plane. A medical doctor, I've never seen a human body before, but I was trained online. <laughs> Go and save it online bodies. Are you here? Say so the word ecclesia from the Greek word Hebrew word kohal means to come together in a place. Theologically, historically, apply, anything you look at, you can come together and watch a service. But that you're coming together is the church, not the one you are watching. When you, you know, we can all come together and watch, some people are watching us right now in the service. That gathering is this church, not they are watching what we are doing. Forget any revision people are trying to do to it. It doesn't make any sense. So we mustn't get to the point people are revising scripture. I don't really think it's a sin to ah. Who are you to tell us what a sin is not? God says it is a sin. So be it. Amen. So, God's word must never be taken as 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 an option. It's not an option. God's word is a command. Look at that Matthew 28 and 19. Go into, I mean, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. Then it says in verse 20, Teaching them to observe what things ever I suggested. I commanded you. So, if he commanded the twelve to preach, what are we to observe to do? The same thing he told them to do. It is not an option. You know when you go for, someone can say, well, well what do you want? Like, um, what do you call it? Um, a buffet. And then they say, a la carte. They say, what do you want now? I say, um, I think. I think I want this. I think I want that. I remember I went for, to a hotel. So they now said, a five-star hotel. And so they now said, uh, they now put bean cake. So I called the chief chef. I said, what's bean cake? He said, bean cake. I said, no. This is Akara. He said, well, for, I said, no, 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 no. Don't do, do that to us. Is there an African name for shawarma? We call it shawarma. We call it hot dog. Call it our own name too. Akara. Amen? About Jesus. Uh-huh. What were we? So, <laughs> it's not an option. Me, when I go to any country, I don't use my stomach to please the audience. This is, uh, this is like uh, well, this is, this is a, a Mexican meal. This is a... Ross, I know if you go hungry because I want you to feel good. Give me rice. The one that I understand. <laughs> so, if this, you know, they serve you food, say, choose this one, choose that one. So, we think the word of God is like this. Pick one, choose two. I'm not really a prayer person. Evangelism, not now. Uh, worship. Oh, I'm a worshiper. I like to sing. Yeah. Um, giving. 
Let me let me think about this. Attending church. Uh, let me take small Sunday service. Wednesday service. Mm, not now. Um, workers meeting. Do you want to be a worker? Mm, I usually like to wait for a while before I'm a worker. Let me take this in the afternoon. There's nothing like that in God's word. God says it, you do it. The word of God is not an alternative. It is life to us. Are you here? First Corinthians 9. You in church? Verse 16. This is Paul. Many of us like the Paul. And I'm so glad that Pastor this month taught us the Paul revelation. So you love Paul. I know doctor makes everybody like Paul. Amen. There's a way he calls it Brother Paul. <laughs> Brother Paul, you like Paul. <laughs> you like Paul. Brother Paul. <laughs> you like Paul. So everybody will be angry. Why is he calling him brother? Apostle Paul. The person doesn't read his epistles, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, person. First Corinthians 9. <laughs> Though I preach the gospel, verse 16, I have nothing to glory of. Yeah? For what? Necessity. Now, allow me read to you many translations because I definitely put it on my phone for a purpose. I want to read that word necessity because sometimes we skip such words for righteousness, glory, indwelling of the spirit. Watch this. Oh, come on. Get me this translation. I'll just read it for you. Those behind the screen can help us. Now, the one second. I'm, I'm just going to read some translations. Majority Standard Bible says, I am obligated to preach. Good News Translation says, I am under orders to preach. Net Bible says, I am compelled to do this. I am compelled to do this. Compelled. I have an obligation. The Amplified Version says, I am compelled, I'm absolutely obligated to do this. Contemporary Bible says, preaching, contemporary English Bible says, preaching is something God told me to do. The Christian Standard Bible says, I am compelled to preach. Legacy Standard Bible says, I am under compulsion. The New American Standard Bible says, I am under compulsion. Compelled. Under compulsion. You know, have you written an exam before? And they say, follow this instruction. Number one is compulsory question. You know, that's the one that you want to first look at. I say, yeah. You, you say, Jesus. or say, it can be, Jesus. Or, Jesus. Is the one you did not read. <laughs> then you now answer. They, they gave you four questions. 
They said, one, answer any three, but you must answer number four. Any two, but answer number four. Then you took your time for number one and two. And you, you wrote, you collected extra, extra sheets. But the main one, you didn't answer it. Extra sheets. Give me more paper, more paper. Then that number four that is composed, you left it. You dress well to church. It's good. You understand? Those are good things you do to church. You, you belong to a department. You say, okay, I can, I can sing. It's good. You can also choose not to sing. I can belong to the protocol with my fine. But the one that is compulsory, you didn't answer it. So you were doing very well with the security department. Doing very well with the ushers. Doing very well with pastor's protocol. Pastor sneezes like you bring out handkerchief. <laughs> but the one that is compulsory, <laughs> you will score Odo zero. Usually, that compulsory question could have 50 marks out of 100. That's the main one you should focus on. The preaching of the gospel is compulsory. Hey, but you know, uh, look at me, I, uh, the way it is, you know, uh, that was when I was young. You know, I was young then, but now look at my age. Which age? Do you know the age God called Abraham to preach? Do you know the age he called Moses? Not age. It is compulsory. Necessity is laid upon you. Amen. Is laid upon you. It's compulsory. It's not a suggestion. It's not an alternative. God says, well, you know, you could just choose to do this part and do that part, you know, but you know, this one, what do you think about this? No, 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 no. He instructs us to do it. We are under orders. So don't think it's Dr. Gabriel giving you stress. No. Actually, I checked that word in the Greek. That word compelled. It also stands for distress. It comes with discomfort. It comes with discomfort. Which means it is an instruction God gave us that has nothing to do with how comfortable we are about it. So sometimes we think it's pastor giving us problems. Pastor Silas is just making my life difficult. No, it's actually God that's making your life difficult. He's the one that told you you must do it. So you should be grateful for men and women over your life who want you to obey God. And you see, it's easier with them than it is with God. Because for them you can say, look, look, but not with God. God does not live, or let me put it like this, God is not subject to you. God is not emotional about you. It's God above your feelings. So it's not the pastor making life difficult for you. It's God who gave you that instruction. 
And look at what Paul says. Are you in church? Then it's up. He says, First Corinthians 9. Necessity, he says, is laid upon me. Yay! Let's read the B part together. Whoa! Hey, whoa. The word whoa there means I'm doomed. I'm in trouble. I like the quiet. I'm doomed. If I preach not the gospel. It's used 47 times in the Greek. Jesus used it 30 times for the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and those who oppose the will of God. Say, woe unto you. You know, that's not a nice statement, right? Woe unto you. So if we have believers in this church who refuse to preach the gospel, Don't like that part, right? Okay. If you have others who won't go out with us to reach the lost, don't say unto me yet you can repent today, okay? Woe unto you! So Paul says, I'm doomed. I'm in trouble. I'm in a mess. Woe unto you! Which means, in fact, the Greek of that word means there's grief upon your soul. You are living a life of grief. Woe unto me! If I preach not the gospel, it is not an option. It is an instruction. It's an instruction for us. So that I'm compelled. I'm compelled. I'm compelled. So I said, but, but I just got saved. Same as these guys. Same as the woman at the well. Amen. Same as Saul of Tarsus. As soon as Ananias laid hands on him, straight away, he began to preach. Woe unto you if you preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whoa, if you're hearing this and you have not been engaged in this throughout this week, you had the time, not that you didn't have the time, you never got involved with us this week and your heart is not cringing, I doubt whether you are born again. There are things when a believer hears it, he begins to cry. Amen? That's fine, I like your quiet. Begins to go, my God, that's me. Busy thinking I'm above it. Someone once told me, said, That was when I was in the university. No, I said, That was when you were in Christ. <laughs> they were in university, then, ah, ah, man, we used to pray, oh, ah, we'll go on the field. You know, almost every university has Zion. So we go to Zion, we'll just pray, everybody will just pray. You know, those days, those glorious days. Bro, <laughs> bro, you are backsliding. So I say, the new creature does not backslide. So what do you call this one? Backflip. Say, so we don't backslide and you stop praying. We don't backslide. You don't do evangelism. We don't backslide. No money devotion. So what are you doing? 
You are backsliding. You know Michael Jackson is like this. Your own. You are going. We don't say the things I used to do, I do them no more. I agree. But the things that you used to do, you do them no more. The prayer I used to pray, I pray them no more. Evangelism then, now I do them no more. I used to fast then, now I do them no more. There's a great change. Is it glowing? Bro, you have gone back to the world. Don't say no. We don't get to the world. We're out of the world. Where are you now? <laughs> Prayer, Odo. Evangelism, Odo. Commitment to lies, Odo. <laughs> not, not that you're, just, you're not just in the world. The world is now in you. The only thing you say now is, how is your, how's your life? So I say, well, God has been so faithful. You know, <laughs> just last year I had two cars, now I have four. God has been so faithful. You know, my perfume then was 90,000 naira, but now I can use a 900,000 naira perfume. You know, now I can sit with governors, I can sit with presidents. God has been so faithful. Bro, you are backsliding. You are backsliding. Amen? 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 Up of Jesus. Down, down, Satan. <laughs> you are bastard. Don't say, that was them. Then. No, sir. You are bastard. You are bastard. You have gone back to things that you left behind. The passion. Where is that passion? Where is the passion? You used to pray and cry over lives. Now, the only thing where you cry is when you have heartbreak. Or you lose contract. Say, ah! Oh, I plan to buy a new house. Ah, oh, God, where are you? Is there, is, where is that? He has always been. He's inside you, but he's a spectator. Because any testimony you are giving that an unbeliever can give is not a sign of spiritual growth. It just means that you are doing well naturally, which is fine. Hebrews 5.12 Let's close on that. Hebrews 5.12 After salvation, what next? Are you in church? For when for the time that you ought to be what? That means there is a time. How many months have you spent in Christ? How many years? The time you ought to be teachers. You need that one teach you again. They are still reminding you of the prayer chain every morning. You should be ashamed. They are still telling you, bro, why are you not in church yesterday? You've been in Christ, though, since the day of Pentecost. Why not just say, well, I'm going through some things. Don't worry. Uh, 
I'm something. Who is not going through something? Even God is going through things. Who is not going through something? I'm going through something. You know, just let me just sort those things out. Don't worry. You know, you are backsliding. Solomon says, "A little here, a little there." For the time when you ought to be teachers, you need that one teach you again. Someone say again. They are now reminding you. For some of us, what I'm saying here is a reminder. You heard it 20 years ago. You heard it 15. You are hearing it again. Teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Imagine. You. I've been in this church 10 years. You've, you've been a, a Christian 20 years. And then you are still saying, you know, nobody saw me in the service. I was not finished. Nobody checked on me. Eh? So you are offended. If you, 20 years in Christ, I say nobody checked on you, what should the new convert say? Someone say, told me, say, I said, I don't know. I mean, I nobody saw me. And you know what just happened to me? Nobody said, I said, didn't God check on you? He said he did. I said we were busy with new converts. E.W. Kenyon said something. I think in, uh, I've forgotten the book now. It has to be two kinds of faith. He said there are some overgrown babies. They have refused to leave the feeding bottle for the new converts. The thing that we should be doing to new converts, bro, how are you today? So, uh, check on them every now and then. The one that is overgrown. Hmm? It's still a babel in Christ, but he's using walking stick. Know that oxymoron. And he said, Brother, where are you? He said, no, I don't know. I'm just feeling offended. 20 years in Christ. 20 years. 20. Ah, ah. For the time when you ought to be teachers, you need that one teach you again. Again, there are some things hmm, is not befitting. If you see, except the person is sick and ill, if you see a 10-year-old boy with nappy, with pampas, it's not good, right? Uh-huh. If you see a 15-year-old, you know, you know those things we saw, uh, what's wrong with you? So people, they begin to do it in secret. Some things are not coming to church late. As an elder in the faith, is bad habits. Amen. Ah, uh-uh. every uh, at this point, it should be new converts that we are correcting. And things are unbefitting. Imagine someone who is in his twenties is now eating, and the, and you find still all over his shirt. I say. Any problem, <laughs> there's a time you ought to be teachers. First Corinthians 13, 11 verses, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I understood as a child, I thought like a child. No! I'm a man. I put away childish things. Church will close and say this. There is a compelling responsibility on your life. I hear me. Don't plan it for February. Anything you postpone is disobedience. Today, today, I shall walk out of this service. The only way to repent, 
to change and make progress is to do nothing else but obey God. Nothing else. Don't say, I, I see the point. And so, Papa, just next time, next time when uh, we're going for evangelism, I would love to know so that I'll go out. <laughs> Is it that you didn't hear what I was saying? Uh, Gabriel, uh, when, when, when are you guys going to be? My Tuesdays are usually not free, uh, but my Thursdays are cool. I mean, can I? And he's going out with, for dinner with someone this evening. You see, this be, you see, I think somehow, if God can allow us, let's bring by her fire preaching. <laughs> Don't take things for granted. God is speaking to you, you do it now. Today is how to obey. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Amen. What next after salvation? I am now a fish of men. Anyone like that? Say I'm a fish of men. There's an obligation upon me to preach the gospel of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet and pray. Today, there's an obligation on me, on you, to preach the gospel of of Jesus. Take this one, two, three minutes. Rededicate yourself to what you should be doing. Lord, I I rededicate my life to this cause. I rededicate myself to this upon my life. I will go teach you a song. Amen? Can I go teach you a song? I will preach I'll preach Jesus all over the world, all over the world. I will preach. That's it. I'll preach Jesus all over the world, all over the world. I will preach. I'll preach Jesus all over the world. All over the world, I will preach. I preach Jesus all over the world, all over the world. There's a big part. The fire is burning. The fire is burning. The fire is burning in my soul. The fire is burning, the fire is burning, the fire is burning in my soul. I will preach, I will preach. I'll preach Jesus all over the world, all over the world. I will preach, I will preach. Say, come on. I'll preach Jesus all over the world, all over the world. The fire is burning, the fire is burning, the fire is burning, the fire is burning in my soul. The fire is burning, the fire is burning, the fire. Is burning the fire, burning in my soul. The fire 
commitment this year. That's our dedication this year. That's our consecration this year. That's our devotion this year. We're committed to the preaching of the gospel. And I told you yesterday, this year is evangelism every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Evangelism. We come to church on Sunday with the souls we have won. We come to church on Sunday with the people we have brought to the knowledge of Christ so they become a part of the family of God. And then we go out with them again and evangelize. That's the work the whole of this year. Everybody in all our campuses, right here at the headquarters, everywhere we gather as power city all over the world. And there's a structure on how we operate. You must belong to a, a house center, you must belong to a district, and you must belong to a zone. And if you don't belong to one, you, 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 you have to repent. You have to change your mind and get committed to what God is doing on the earth. If you don't belong to this and you're a member of this church, you're out of the will of God. You're functioning outside the will of God. Because the will of God for you is to be in this church. And the will of God for you is to be involved with what God has instructed us as a local assembly to do. When you do what God has instructed us to do as a local assembly, you are in the center of the will of God. I didn't hear a powerful amen. So your zonal pastors will instruct, your district pastors will instruct, the house church pastors will instruct on what to do. And it's not conflicting instruction. That is, there will be a chain of instruction that will run down you know, the, you know, the ladder and everybody will be affected. And we go out there and get people saved and bring people to the knowledge of the truth. I didn't hear a good amen. Throughout this week, was it exciting? 
And this morning, I'm sure there are a lot of people here who came today as a result of evangelism within the course of the week. And we're going to take time to acknowledge them before the service is over and get to meet them before this service is over. But what a word this morning. Are we blessed this morning? Let's celebrate and honor the labor of Pastor Chris. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your labor and thank you for blessing us this morning. Hallelujah. We're truly edified. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Say with me, I am committed. I am sold out to the preaching of the gospel. I live a life of obedience to the will of God, the purpose of God. I am in the center of God's will as I engage practically in evangelism, discipleship, and I'm committed to building strong local churches. I didn't hear a powerful amen. I just got an announcement quickly before we, we take up the honor offerings. Uh, the announcement is that we have two campuses that are starting this morning um, and it's important to announce them. Uh, Power City International Worry Campus. Worry. They, are, they, they will be meeting at the Innovation Plaza Kilometer 4 Refinery Road of Epan Police Station. Epan Worry Delta State. Our coordinator there is Pastor Alex Sanko. His phone number for those in Worry online that want to quickly identify with the campus in Worry is 080-2544-6666. If you're in the Worry area, you need to go there quickly and get your life in the will of God. And begin to do what is right. Then the next campus that is starting today is Power City International Suleja Campus. Suleja in Niger State. Uh, they meet along Agenda Road of Madala. Of Madala, Suleja Road by Gofard Computer College. Konkwashi, Suleja. The coordinator of that campus is Pastor Monday Obeide. And uh, his phone number for those in that area is 80 Three three eight zero seven zero seven eight. I repeat zero eight zero three three eight zero seven zero seven eight. All those in Niger State. If you have people, you know people that are looking for campuses either in Worry or in Niger State, make sure you reach out to them. And God is doing much more this year. I didn't hear a powerful amen. You know, much more, much more this year. And many more, many more people will come to the knowledge of the truth. And many will be involved in laboring for souls and for the kingdom of God. I didn't hear a powerful amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right, once again, I want to quickly thank all the partners who have renewed their commitment to partner with us through the course of this year. And I am sure you've received all your invites to the WhatsApp group for partners and you receive all the instructions. We, we ask everybody to give a one-time commitment to help us with our projects for this year. So redemption begins from today till next Sunday because it was for the end of the month. So from this Sunday to next Sunday, next Sunday will be the last day to redeem this one-time commitment. And I'm sure you've received all the responses as to where to send your commitment to. And for those who still want to partner with us this year, you want to make your resources available for the advancement of the kingdom you want to support what we do you've not yet made yourself available just shoot a mail to dr abel damina at yahoo.com indicating your willingness to partner with us the next 12 months and once we get a mail from you we'll respond and give you all the information that you need but we have a one-time commitment this january to help us with all our projects
next for this first quarter as we set out for the year. So, if you've not made that commitment and you want to make the commitment, shoot the mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com and we'll give you all the info that you need for that one-time commitment. Get out your honor offerings. Let's give this morning as we honor Christ and honor the labor of God's word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> your honor offerings. Let's honor the teaching and the labor of God's word this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm aware that there's new Naira notes, and I hear tomorrow is the last day for old Naira notes. Is that true? Hello, is that true? So make sure if you don't have new Naira notes, go and look for them. And uh, if you cannot find, don't give us cash transfer to our account. And the banks will look for where to give us Naira notes. Don't bring an old Naira note after tomorrow. That is a, is a blind offering. <laughs> Is an offering without eyes. <laughs> Praise God. All right, lift up your other offerings. Father, we thank you for the privilege to give this morning. We give in honor. We give with joy. Our hearts are excited about being part of advancing your work on the earth. So our offerings are a sweet smell before you today, and we rejoice in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Now listen, we are going to sign up the online brethren in another few minutes. Your campus coordinators will tell you what to do all over the, the different campuses. But we'll be live at 11 a.m. this morning, GMT plus one. And Pastor Chris Onayinka will continue teaching in the second service. You don't want to miss it for anything. All right, we love you guys and we'll see you in the second service. Hit the music, let's give anywhere on the pulpit to drop your honor offerings as we celebrate Jesus. The reason Order the complete series of this message and all the messages by Dr. Abel Daminer. Please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. 